<laughs> so how do we start this? Uh, I mean, you got to go with a big old, hey, everybody. Hey. We're back. You thought we wouldn't be back, but we we did it. We did we it. We are. We did it. Uh, apologies all around, everyone. Don't uh, be sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It was, it was fun getting back. Um, we've been real busy. We have. And, uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you'll, you'll get to hear this, that later. Uh, uh, who are you? I am Randy May. I am Jeremiah Edmonds. And this is about movies? Uh, yeah. And if you, yeah, there's a question mark at the end of there. <laughs> and, I mean, he put it in there, but I just want to make sure you definitely heard it. Uh, this is a wonderful podcast where we talk about movies that we've seen. Uh, hopefully you've seen the movie already because uh, we're going to spoil all of it. We're going to spoil that and maybe a little bit more, but that's sort of our vibe. So yeah, we're today we're talking about Dune Part 2. It's true. So if and you're listening to this, this is a conversation that happens after you've seen the film. Yeah, and it's usually even if there's other stuff that we mentioned, we're probably going to spoil that too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if that's not your vibe, I'm, uh, uh, I mean, I'm saying sorry again for something, but I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, the whole point is that, you know, like you'd have like a, a, a group of friends who read a book and then come and talk to it and then come and talk to each other about the book. Uh, we're doing that with movies. Yep. And, uh, this one is, uh, like I already said, we're doing it with Dune 2. And it was a good time. It was a good time. We, we talked and had a good time. We watched the movie and had a good time. Good time. <laughs> That was two good times. Was it a good time? I Double good time. I feel like maybe it was a good time. <laughs> Anyways. Let's end this good time. We're glad to be back. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've released an episode, so we're glad you're here listening to us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed Dune Part 2, and we hope you enjoy this conversation. It's going to be a good time. Oh. Feels good to be back. Yeah, I'm sort of upset that our home setups don't sound exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It felt like we put so much, or, well, I don't know how much work you put in. I mean, yours seemed to just work. <laughs> mine mine oh, was oh, like you mean that. such yeah. a pain to get built. And even now, I'm like, I don't know if it's even going to work. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe, if not. Yeah. I think it's funny that we're coming back with for this movie because it's a movie that i feel like we could get like at least four to six people to join us if we really wanted to i mean it's not too late and uh the best way to do that would be to like do it with our at-home setups yeah. online <laughs> we're like nah we're coming back in person it's just us well I, maybe I we'll mean, do a maybe we'll do I a, miss it. <laughs> we'll talk about it today and exactly i miss this yeah. i miss being in person so that's that's what's uh that's what's great about it. But people listening are like, what are you talking about? Last time you recorded, you were in person. Well, yeah, listener, that hey, that's why we haven't had an episode in such hey, a long time. you guys, don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened. Uh, you, you'll, in retrospect, in, in, in time, this will make sense. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you'll look back and you'll or just maybe, be like, 
Or maybe it'll never, maybe it never makes sense because that never, like literally none of that ever pans out. <laughs> it's like, what were they doing? We've just been experimenting with alternate forms of communication. Alternate formats for a podcast even. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, we've decided to return to our original format. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mostly because we missed each other. We tried. Well, yeah. And we it's, tried, it's halfway there. <laughs> yeah. We tried uh doing it from our houses there was a there was a um are we allowed to talk about it i mean yeah we were planning on me possibly moving yeah so we were trying to figure that out now i am definitely moving next friday but it's just across town <laughs> yeah not to a different state so we uh were like well let's just keep podcasting in the same place then so it's been uh, it's been a busy few months at it's least been, for me i know your life is wild yeah like unbelievable uh i can't i mean so i mean just 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 the job like just the job stuff like Uh try like it's like this other school district will not answer like won't answer the phone (laughs) they won't answer the phone i and my (laughs) honestly my mom's like getting mad because like i can't make them answer the phone i think she thinks i'm not calling them and like i'm just putting it all off and like like i don't want to go hang out with them you know when the whole family when literally all my family is going to be in a different state soon and she's just like okay fine i get it and it's like no i promise like i'm calling these people i'm on my third contact who still won't answer the phone in that in that one school district it's i mean I mean, I guess that's a no, but <laughs> uh, whatever. It's. I mean, I'm not. It sounds like I'm mad about it. I'm just. I'm really just mad that I keep calling, even though they like. It's like. It's, I feel like even spiritually at this point, it's definitely like a negative. Like it's definitely no. But I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. But we'll see. Uh, maybe I get a job making uh, six figures. But That'd then nice. I have to break my lease uh, for moving across town, <laughs> and then and then the alternate format wouldn't have been a waste. Uh, all that research we did, all that research, all that all that well, and, and that money we spent. I mean, yeah, that I stuff mean, wasn't free. I'm not. I don't feel bad about that because we will use. I, it. We'll we're eventually use, use it anyway. We are yeah. going to use it. I mean, it's going to be a good a good way to have guests from out of town because you know, for the most part, we have a lot of guests on the show. But they're all people that are close by. The people can meet with us. Yeah, uh, we have done some long distance stuff, but it wasn't really up to par with what we were wanting. It to no, be. and we even so. and even all that stuff, we did try mm-hmm. like professional other programs that were supposed to record on their side and send it to us later. Yeah, and. I'm not naming any names, <laughs> but that program did not work like it said it would, and I paid for it for several months. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it was all fun. It'll be. Good. It was all fun and fine. Yes, fun and fine. But we have watched a lot of movies. Mm, in the meantime. Yeah, you have watched. Oh, them. I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with that. A few. <laughs> I'm well, already done. You've watched a few more than I have. 
So we we actually haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. So uh, what, I'm probably a hundred in for the year, and that I, it's too it's too many. It's too like many. I'm already I'm done. I'm done. Um, what were you doing? I watch. I, I right. I get school off, so I get two weeks off around Christmas, and then it bleeds into the first week of the year. So that first week, I just watched like. A ton of movies, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a New Year's resolution type of thing, or a New Year's well, well, I challenge it, for the year. Well, I basically. did it even without thinking, just because I was sitting at home. I right. was just like, "Let's watch all these YouTube free movies," and that bled into like not like YouTube has this thing where it offers modern free movies, and it'll like tell you it's free. But then it started recommending me like other channels that probably uploaded the movie without permission, but. I watched a bunch of mo- a bunch of like seventies, eighties <laughs> movies on those channels, and then uh, and it was like movies I'd never heard of, mm. starring all your favorite actors that like got famous later, or or even like famous then, but like movies you never heard of from the seventies and eighties, like yeah. during that time, uh, yeah. And I watched a bunch of those, and they're all fun. And then I, I don't know, I just kept watching more. And then so the first week, I was like, this might be fun to like do this like do a movie a day for a year and then i was like i'm doing one a day let's do 500 in a year you know we might as well because we're already hitting that pace and then i like went back and recorded all the ones i'd seen and then i started making myself try to watch one a day like at least one a day to keep the average up uh i made it like to the 5th of february well well, really, I was pushing myself. I was already pushing myself to do it by the third week of January. I was already kind of over it. And then I made it to, like, the first week of February. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because <laughs> uh, <I> <laughs> at that point, like, two shows had come on Netflix. Then I'm like, I want to watch those shows. I don't, I don't want to watch this. And then uh, my my favorite old people in the world, the... The, the trio that used to do Top Gear that now do Grand Tour oh, okay. on Amazon, mm-hmm. they did a special where they were in Africa. Uh, yeah, that's right. They're in Africa. And I was like, I want to watch that. Come on. <laughs> but with my movie thing, I couldn't. So, I, yeah, I'm just done. Like, And I, I've even watched several movies now that I haven't written down. Mm-hmm. So... So that's like the death nail, uh, the death bell of, of the, uh, something I've, done. I've had a few friends do that I think is maybe a bit more feasible and feels less like a job. Yeah. It, <laughs> is it a, really was. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when you start having to be like, oh, I have to cut these other things out of my life so that I can do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, you have to make sacrifices with anything, but. When you start having to sacrifice a lot, it, it starts to be like, well, I mean, yeah, I even when I was doing do like, <laughs> even when I was doing critical role from mm-hmm. like December mm-hmm. to April, it didn't feel like I was pushing away other stuff. Yeah. It was like, I'm in the middle of this story. This story is super great. What do I want to watch next? The next part of that story. Cause it's great. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the thing I wanted to watch. It wasn't me going 70 more episodes, four hours long. I gotta watch it and then hit play. Like it was never that. It's and funny because that's the exactly movie already for me. The movie <laughs> already has already I, turned into that. <laughs> I love Critical Role, and yet that's what it feels like when I see the catalog. I'm just like, 
Oh, there's so much. Do watch. I'd I'd say no matter just, what, do calamity. Yeah. See, the thing Calamity's is, it's like so I just. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, I just have so little. I'll just, time I'll just talk to you and spoil it at one point. <laughs> you probably will. It's fine. Um, but uh, I've I've had a few friends go through you know lists basically. So like the AFI top 100. Mm-hmm. Well, the, they'll like, watch, the Criterion they'll watch all those. The whole the Criterion collection is pretty big. I so. mean, I've seen people <laughs> start to do it. Sure. Um, I don't know if they finished. Yeah. Look, it broke the, my coffee cup. Oh, yeah. Those lids are actually... I've, I've for noticed a different this, size cup this sleeve of lids has been uh, splitting for some oh, reason, so. We rely on these plastic goods, and what do they do? <laughs> Just throw it in the ocean. <laughs> Here, turtle, you have it. Snort it. Sorry, turtles. Well, you've watched quite a few movies. I have watched, I mean, not a ton, but I've watched some good ones. Uh, did you ever get to? No, I did not. Oh, Randy. I know. It's just, you know. I'll tell you what I have watched. Listeners at home, uh, Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. Uh, it's a movie called Fair Play. It is disgustingly brilliant. <laughs> He's been trying to get me to watch it, and it's not that I don't want to watch it. I just, honestly, I just forget. It's uh, I <laughs> well, mean, it's it's definitely like put Ray to bed, watch it with your wife, and then you're gonna have a talk afterwards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we so like, yeah, I've been. I mean, I, I mean, I've definitely talked about Flesh and Blood on the podcast before. I, I play that. Oh card yeah, game. for sure. I play that card game a lot now. Uh, and competitively, and he keeps trying to get me to play. I it. Well, and I I play it competitively. In fact, in March, I told you I'm not free any Saturday during March. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of those Saturdays are because I'm going to tournaments. <laughs> so um, it's really fun. I have never played in a competitive card game before, like competitively. Anyways, I've mm-hmm. done done them casually. Well. Um, and let's be straight when randy plays casually it's it's, it's still at least halfway competitive, <laughs> halfway <yeah>. competitive. <laughs> well i've just been i've been having a really good time uh i'm by no means you know winning tournaments but i'm i'm not doing bad and it's really fun i'm meeting a lot of people it's been like a really crazy i've traveled a little bit not like super far but travel I mean, a little bit far yeah you went to texas well, i went to one. dallas yes uh, but that was the furthest I've gone for. Everything else has been like within like 300 miles of where we live. How many? 300? And it's, it's pretty far. I guess I don't think it's that far because I drove that back and forth, you know, from home Three, to college. 300, the time, on, the, so 300 on the East Coast is far. 300 on the West Coast is like next town over. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like 300, 300 miles in Europe's like three different countries at that point. <laughs> All right. Okay, I've traveled far for this game. <laughs> so far. And uh, so a lot of my times, I've, I've actually been doing a lot of that. So when you know I'm at home, I'm playing, uh, I've been playing a lot of Flesh and Blood. So other things that I kind of got, you know, we hit Christmas and my job gets super busy at Christmas time. And so I, I just kind of have to set everything aside. Ooh, I even helped out this year. You did, yes. You got super busy. That, and that was, Wasn't that project? Was so much fun. Okay, well, I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> But, but like, but holy cow! Like, <laughs> yeah, like if you didn't needed me like one extra day, there there was no, and there was no time to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, that was nuts. That was da- like down to the wire on your end. Yeah, basically made a short. But film it was fun featuring upwards of like twenty to thirty kids. And, and I, uh, I had a fun little party. I will never do it again. 
I'll oh, never do it on. again. Well, not in not in the situation that I'm in. If I had an opportunity to make like a feature film that featured, you know, 30 kids. I think that, sure, I think that'd that be, would be worse. Well, worse. you have more people. You got more people, <laughs> more people that are, you know, paid to be there. We're working with like a lot of volunteers on this, which yeah. thank you, I love, I love listening. Thank you, everyone who helped us because it was a feat. And oh, it was, yeah. I Even, think it turned yeah. out pretty good, but it was still, it was a monster. So, that, the, not naming any names. Uh, you'll know what I mean. That one kid, that one day, that one. <laughs> and where you just walked out, I was like, this kid is going to get tossed out a window. <laughs> and Randy, Randy seriously just left for like 10 minutes and they came back and was like, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that kid might be in a bit of trouble. Oh my gosh. It, it was hilarious though. I, I couldn't believe it, but. Uh, it is what it is. You when you when you're there with kids, yeah, it's interesting working with kids. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, so, I even want to say more about it, but I can't. Yeah, I'll, it, I'll it, we could talk about. all day about that project, but oh, it was uh, great. Another time, it was maybe. fun. Another time, uh, it was a good time. I do. Oh man, there, that's such a good story, <laughs> though. I I want to tell it, but I feel like I, I don't want to embarrass. No, 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 no. The kid or his family, but it was ridiculous. They were. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, it's fair not. That's fair not. Okay. All right. Um. Anyways, we. Uh, I'm just like now thinking about that day that I, ha- I haven't thought about that day in two months, and it's great having some time between then and now to be able to look back and be like, oh yeah, that was hilarious. But in the moment, it was like, I might. I was I was seriously like, like Randy, might, Randy might take this kid and just chuck him through a window in like twenty seconds. The, my favorite part though was like how you could feel <laughs> the joy in the room just get sucked out. <laughs> yeah, like, it went like. <laughs> nobody said a word, but everyone knew. Everyone knew that it was like. Oh, this is gonna be a bad time. <laughs> it was seriously like here. Well, again, without being specific, it was like four hours in, and it was like, oh, we're gonna have to restart this whole thing over from scratch <laughs> because you <laughs> refuse. <laughs> fine, fine, we'll restart all the way back over. It was just such the contrast between like. <sighs> The, the morning before that, yeah, that scene, what, everything <laughs> was so fun. Everyone was having a great time. People were laughing. People were like, we were like improving a little bit. We had we found some really cool ways to make the scenes even better. And we finished two hours ahead of schedule for that first scene. And we were like, man, like we're flying through stuff. Like, if know, the rest of the shoots like the rest this. of the shoots like this, <laughs> it was not. Uh, so no. anyway, it just was like, just in contrast to that morning, it made it even worse <laughs> when, when we sort of like came to a screeching halt. but and like, and, and not only that, but like parents are showing up for the next scene and they're already sitting there for two hours. Like, yeah. When are you going to get to our scene? And you're yeah. like, never, we're never getting to your scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I think we're cutting your scene. <laughs> Oh man, it was real good. It was real good. It was real bad. It was um, real good. But we uh 
they pulled it together in the editing room. So the scene, I thought we were gonna have to. Cut, I thought we were gonna have to cut that moment, and then the but Joe did a good job. It, yeah, it definitely played out a different way, but I don't think you could tell on the. I don't think other people would tell. No, no one knew. Nah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? We, we were busy. It's been <laughs> well, busy. We're, we're crazy. We're we're we do a lot know. of stuff. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so like my my like time to watch things has been like okay I. I, I got all the way through Baldur's Gate 3, through Act 2, and then I was, like, ready, like, post-Christmas, I was like, okay, when I get back in town, when I'm back from, because uh, we went to California, and we ended up staying there longer because of just some family stuff, and um, then I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna play Baldur's Gate 3 again, I'm going to pick up in Act 3, and I just, there's this thing that happens to me where I get into, like a like, a slump where I just don't want to play video games really mm. at all and so normally what happens is I'll, I'll do a lot of reading during like january and february it just for whatever reason maybe it's because i work so much in december that i don't really have time for anything else so <laughs> like, like moving thumbs sounds like a lot of work it will and it's it may just be because it's like you know video games are a bit addictive a bit you know and so once you've broken that for like a month you you're not uh, at least for me it's not as like oh i'm not as drawn to go back to it immediately i will eventually because i enjoy them but it's not like oh i gotta play tonight i just i'm like all right you know i don't really feel like playing so i do a lot of i usually do a lot of reading post december um and then uh i watch more tv shows Mm. uh and so been doing doing that so been reading been doing um some TV shows been going back and finishing shows that I was never able to kind of like wrap up. So we finally, my wife and I finally finished marvelous Mrs. Maisel and which uh, I've yet to even start. It's great. It's really good. Um, we I, were I bummed because of, I never think of prime the moment. Prime. Yeah. See, except I, for my, except for my boys. The grand yeah. Boys. Prime. Every streaming service sucks right now because they're all Ooh, doing especially this. prime. Prime, They're like, literally here, have free commercials before the yeah before the uh, the finale. We had watched every episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and then during like right before the we watched the finale, uh, we got an email that was like, "Hey, just so you know, we're not raising your price, but we're making it so you have to watch ads now." It's like, well, then what's the point of paying you? Yeah. If, so they're like, "Oh, but if you don't want ads, you can pay us more." Thanks. It's like, thanks. I, I had I had assumed that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, right. So when then you, we're watching. Ads. We're watching this thing, and it's playing ads at the worst, worst time. possible time. I think they do it because, to annoy you. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they definitely do. And <laughs> it's like, and it's not a, like it's like careless. It's like they put somebody in charge of it who doesn't know hey, anything. Oh, about oh no, no, no. Careless would be a step up from what it is. It seems straight up intentional at some well in you might be right it's like intentional but it's it's hard to tell the timing of them feels intentional like yeah. when they pop up but the part that feels sloppy and maybe the sloppiness is intentional as well is that it doesn't ever come back into the show because these shows were not the ones I'm watching anyways are not made for commercial breaks no, they don't yeah. have clearly set marks where the commercial should play so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was meant for to be watched in be one streamed, sitting, yeah. or at least each episode. And so it will a commercial will start mid-sentence. Like someone will be talking and they will get cut off 
by a sudden ad that just plays. And it's always like two or three ads that play at one time. And then it'll come back to the show and it will have skipped ahead like five seconds. Yeah. So that person will not be talking anymore. So you don't get to hear the rest of their sentence. So you <laughs> miss like not much, but you still miss pieces of it. And it's so weird. And it's like, why would I've seen it? Sometimes it'll, it'll ble- like, it'll skip past what they were talking about. Sometimes it'll go back 30 seconds to make sure it gets what they were talking about. It just feels like the, the department that is in charge of that is not the same department that is actually putting uh, shows and movies on their platform because the people putting the ads in do not care (laughs) that they're ruining their own show. Like, it's their show. They made this show. You'd think that they'd care about its presentation. At least a little bit. But no, they don't. You know what they care about? They care about money. (laughs) That's all they care about. And, like... I don't know. It'd even be like slightly more forgivable if it like did like a little fade, a a little tiny, tiny, tiny little fade (laughs) audio and video, you know, fall out from the original thing and then ramp up to what you're watching. No, it's like a straight cut (laughs) from mid sentence, Mrs. Maisel to new Chevy truck. And you're like, what? I don't like it. Like if you're not paying full attention right when it happens. And even if you are, you're like, what happened? Oh, it's an ad. Every time, every, every single ad that comes on is is like surprise. Here's an ad. And you're like, yeah. excuse me. And, it, and it's always like, oh, okay, okay. It's Mike Rowe. He's talking about four trucks. Okay, yeah, we're good. Yep, it's uh it's ridiculous. Something. I hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm not paying more. So <laughs> we um. Yeah, we we ended up just uh, just suffering through the ads and <laughs> just you know it was one episode, but it was unfortunate that it was the finale that they were like, "Here's some ads." Uh, but I have watched a few movies, and um, I can list them very easily because I have not watched <laughs> as many as you have. Um, but since we saw the Killers of the Flower Moon, because that was the last one we podcasted about, I've seen Godzilla Mess One. That was good. I've seen The Iron Claw. Uh, I haven't seen that. Um, it's very good. I got to see it with my brothers in California, which was really special because, uh, well, it's not a very happy movie, <laughs> but uh, I have three brothers and the movie is about four brothers. Although I know that the real story, there's actually, I think, six brothers. Um, and um, the, but it was cool to watch it with, I got to watch it with um, two of my brothers. One of them was out of town, so he, he couldn't be there, but, uh, but it was cool. It was a special, <laughs> we don't watch movies like ever together because we're never in the same place. So it was really cool to see it. A uh, movie about brothers with my brothers. It was great. Uh, saw the boy and the heron, which was also very good. Yeah. I was actually really disappointed when I saw it because I was like, Oh man, this one's going to win over Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I wanted Spider-Man to win so bad. I was like, but they're going to pick this one. Oh man. Spider-Man was so good. Uh, then the, the animated Spider-Man. Yeah. I rewatched Toy Story 3 and 4 with my daughter, which has been really fun. She's seen all four Toy Story movies now. Um, she just calls them, you know, like, can I watch Woody? You know, um, but uh, first off, uh, Toy Story 3 makes me a blubbering mess. Like, I, <laughs> it's even now, it is still absolutely beautiful, both visually and it's just a, a magnificent story. Uh, the perfect conclusion to 
that trilogy. <laughs> uh, and four, uh, I didn't want to watch four <laughs> because four comes out of nowhere and ruins your. Memories. I don't think four should exist. <laughs> uh, it's not that it's bad. I just there's just no reason for it to exist. So well, I mean, <clears throat> I was like, aside from money, aside from money, <laughs> right? Yeah, the salary. <laughs> I remember the money. <laughs> Um, we, so I was like, Hey, Rhea, my daughter was like, Hey, let's watch, uh, Woody. And I was like, um, why don't we watch something we have <laughs> never seen before? And she goes, um, how about we watch Woody? <laughs> like, I kid you not in that same tone, just like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> So, well, yeah, okay. At yes, least she's nice yes, about it, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't think you heard me, Dad. I said, "How I about that's the Woody. worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life." <laughs> so we watched Toy Story Four, <laughs> and look, Toy Story Four is beautiful. It is one of the best-looking animated films, like computer-generated stuff. It, it's so. The lighting is better than some movies shot with real <laughs> light. It's just, it looks fantastic. And the story is fine. It's funny. It's really, it's fine. It just doesn't need to exist. And I, and I, I sort of came to terms with it after I watched it again. This is the second time I've seen it. Because you pull Ray aside and you're like, did this movie need to happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, the crazy thing about it is like, she loved Sporky. Yeah, like she loved. Yeah, so it's like you know, it's fun to watch it with her because she will appreciate stuff, and she doesn't. She's not cynical and jaded like me. Oh, she watches uh, episode yet, one anyways, and enjoys so. Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't watched Star Wars yet. Um, funny, funny man. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. funny man. <laughs> Despise him. Um, watch it again. She. Uh, well, we we. I think Toy Story Four is is basically an an epilogue it's it's a it's a it's an epilogue it's basically like it's like okay cool yeah toy story one two and three that's the story but like here's a nice like a little portrait of woody that's like after the story and when i started thinking of it as less of like toy story four and more like toy story like Oh, like Woody, like epilogue or whatever. <laughs> the after years. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It just made it go, oh, okay, cool. Actually, I kind of like this now. It still doesn't need to exist, but it's fine. And it has its flaws, but it's, there's like, it has a lot of good stuff in it too. So um, I will say the scene where all the toys are trying to get the, the dad arrested. Like when they joke about how they're like, we should, because they're, they're trying to stall and yeah. keep the dad in town. And so they, they're like, we should get him arrested. And they're like, what? No. And then it basically happens, you know? And then they're like, it's just, it's just really good. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so watch Toy Story with my daughter. That was great. And then, um, I saw Past Lives. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. It's very uh, good movie. I'm glad it wasn't what I thought it was going into it. Mm -hmm. I'm very very glad and what did you think it was going to be uh she leaves her husband because they're meant to be together blah 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 mm -hmm. but it was so much more than that yeah by 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 genuinely just not doing that and be like no we're not gonna do that or like that's another one of their lives mm -hmm. like it was yeah it was way better 
Yeah. Really beautiful movie. Uh, I watched if, it. If she, had la- if she had left him, I'd have been like, like I originally was with uh, Netflix Marriage Story. I was like, I don't want to watch this. Uh-huh. Come on. Uh, P.S. I just watched, finally watched that today. Finally got over today? myself and watched it. Wow. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Dude, the scene uh, where Adam Driver like accidentally cuts his arm when he's like going That's like, terrible. All of that is like <laughs> nuts. No, but uh like like the whole movie they're just like uh-huh. and then when they like the scene just just the movie as a build up to that one scene, that scene's like, Oh my god. And then he immediately just like balls and's like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh PS, you should watch that movie on Netflix. <laughs> 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 I forget the name of it now. But Airplay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Past Life. It's really good. I got to watch it with my wife and we had a great conversation afterwards. And yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, also it. watched Mar- Marcel today. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. You like, you think it's going to be like a little kid movie? And it, it, I mean, it's like him talking and just to keep like a little kid's attention, maybe. Mm-hmm. But everything he says is like some philosophical statement about how you should move on in life and like keep moving and take things and things are going to change and that's okay. And we'll keep moving forward. It's going to be okay. And then you're like the whole time you watch it, you're just like, yeah, it's going to be okay. <laughs> And it's uh, and it's Jenny Slate going, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, exactly, <laughs> yes, Marcel. <laughs> it's it's like unbelievable, like how deeply moving it is, and it's seriously a, like a a shell with Polly Pocket shoes, a googly <laughs> eye. <laughs> oh man, it's ridiculous, but it's great. Uh, what else? Uh, then the most recent thing I've seen is is uh, Dune. Oh uh, yeah, I had the uh, distinct uh, honor of watching Aquaman two in theaters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I haven't gone to the theaters uh, much. Oh, I did see. Me and Robbie saw. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Dr- dive dolls, drive dolls, driving doll drive. Yep, it was. So, Ethan Cohen's new movie. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Driving doll drive, drive doll. But uh Yeah, I don't I'm trying to look it up. It's absolutely it's it absolutely <laughs> bonkers insane. <laughs> like you really get the distinct uh differences between the two <laughs> brothers and like one of them went on and did what Macbeth oh yeah and then the other one was like I got I got something <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh you're the crazy one oh, okay yeah he's the serious one and you're the crazy one it's so great when they work together right? <laughs> I mean I like Macbeth I mean, yeah, but but the but like the cool and the crazy coming together, like for No Country Old Men, you're like, mm-hmm. this is that scene is simply unbelievable, <laughs> and they just move on and they take it like so serious, yeah. But then uh, you get why, like how that crazy just shows up and gets in there from this movie. It's all crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, okay, like it's cr- it's crazier than like. Then like Judd Apatow comedies crazy. Like it's crazier than that. 
Mm. It's it's like off the deep end. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> It makes those it makes like super bad look sane, uh by comparison, I think. All right. But um, it's still good. Still fun watch. We uh we actually saw Dune And we saw it before the rest of you guys. Two. We saw it with the fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh we saw it a couple days ago. And we actually saw it with a couple friends and we were dumb i was dumb and didn't invite them to talk about it with us and i feel silly now but maybe we'll bring them back for a you know yeah the first dune was our first multi-peeps uh yeah episode and we had four microphones we did yeah. it was crazy back then it's wild <laughs> uh but maybe we had, we'll we maybe we'll do this maybe we'll do it again where we have maybe we'll have another conversation about dune part two uh, yeah, maybe this one's uh, Dune Part 2 and a catch-up with the boys. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, so we went and saw it, and what did you think? Oh, oh, like, unbelievable. Fantastic. <laughs> um, it was it was so good. Uh, like, I can't, like, I can't even use words to talk about it. Uh, like, I don't know. It like looked real. I was really there the whole time. <laughs> well, uh, we the movie we saw the theater we saw it in was way too loud. <laughs> yeah. Which, if anything, kind of sold it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, it, like in the theater when they're chanting his name, the theater in the arena when they're chanting his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's, you're yelling too loud. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that that scene with with the black sun mm-hmm. looked crazy awesome um the i you know me i like to get the negative bits out of the way so i can talk about the good uh <laughs> i re- the, the only bad thing about it was they really wanted us to accept that he's like the best fighter austin butler's character fade rotha fade rotha yeah. not not baron um yeah, I didn't. From fighting two <laughs> drugged up guys and then the um, uh, their doctor, mm-hmm. I'm not super convinced that that's the best fighter. Unless you're telling me the doctor was one of the best fighters in the entire galaxy. No, too. I, I don't. That wasn't the doctor. Doctor died. In mm-hmm. First part. Yeah, he was there when they poisoned, right? I thought that was. No, he did kill him, didn't he? Yeah. Then who was that? Nobody. Just Those a soldier. Uh, okay, at least it was supposed to be a soldier. Players. Yeah. I re- at the time, I really did think it was the doctor, and I was like, "Why would the doctor be the best fighter?" <laughs> 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 but okay, at least he was a soldier. Fair enough. That ups it a little bit, but I mean. Yeah, but they're still like they've been sitting rotting in a cell. Yeah, and he—it's yeah. not like he wasn't struggling a like, bit. Oh, but and they're not drugged. And he had two <laughs> blades versus one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's how you're selling that he's the best fighter we've ever seen, I yeah, I don't know if I'm it's really that he's it. the best fighter. I think it's more that he's just a psychopath. I mean, that's okay. That, I felt like they sold that pretty well. Maybe a little and too al- well. Also, well, that's an, well, that's. Also, part a, of the gripe. Just if a he's harem a psychopath, of cannibal women. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I was fine with that. The <laughs> the uh, the part that I don't buy is if he is a psychopath and everybody knows it. 
why is why why is there that one general in the room that goes uh sir maybe uh you uh, maybe uh don't do that and then just stand there with like your hand away from your neck you know he's coming for you <laughs> like why would you even talk to the dude <laughs> But I actually had like a a visceral reaction when he got his throat. I was like, "Duh, duh, he's got to do that." I think this was a a robot chicken sketch where it's like all the um, star destroyer like commanders, yeah, and they like draw straws. Oh, to go you, to you see got, who yeah, has just, to talk yeah. to Darth Vader. No, but pretend yeah, he's that's choking. That's, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's what it is. Yeah, it's the it's not that they're drawing straws. It's that that. <laughs> yeah they have to yeah they have to pretend and then they, they and then they quote unquote die and right. they come back with a new just get reassigned yeah. or have a costume yeah yeah <laughs> but it's like why would you eat what? this guy's such a psychopath he murders everyone around him just at a drop of a pen he just does it don't talk don't talk to him I don't talk to they him have a choice but <laughs> so so even him being in the Not room is, of, is basically like i'm dead yeah. i know i'm dead <laughs> Just, i didn't want this promotion so he so he's literally in the corner of the room going uh maybe don't and then he's just like here it comes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean okay um yeah and there's the end uh i don't know i wanted the end fight seemed too much like paul's like none of you are worthy of even licking my boots you spittle i could beat any of you with two hands tied behind my back and, the, and then like the one guy he fights almost kills him i mean mm-hmm. he's so much of a psychopath paul can't see his future is that i mean was that it or no i think i, I really would have liked <laughs> paul just to have Dodge, dodge, do, like done the Sekiro no hit, uh, a parry run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know if that like was that. one of the the foreseeable futures he saw. I mean, I think he saw uh, the one where he gets knocked down and almost dies is the one where he wins. <laughs> so that's the one he picks. So he just ha- he like let himself get hit in the face so that would happen. Essentially, yeah. got so it. That's, that's basically how it works. Um, that's funny that you say that because it's uh one of the. Uh, I just watched a, a video today of Denis saying, uh, the director of the film, saying that Frank Herbert, the author of the book, was originally disappointed that so many people reading the first book, Dune, uh, loved Paul. Yeah. They thought he was a hero. And he was like, no, that's oh. not the point. The no, point is that he's not a hero. That room. The point is that he is, he's the... Uh, He's like basically becoming a madman. Like he's he's he is becoming the villain of the story, and he so he he wrote a whole book called <laughs> Dune Messiah, which is just him basically reinforcing that idea that like, hey, Paul's not a good guy. Like just just want to make sure you understand that, and he sort of drives it home uh to like just re- reinforce that idea then there, there's more to doom messiah than just that but it uh yeah i thought that was kind of funny so denis was talking about how um he wanted to incorporate some of the tone of messiah into this film and really emphasize that paul is becoming a different person and you see that a lot with like that transition early on when paul is like 
Yeah, it's e- the people, the Fremen. They're they're split into two camps. They're sort of like the radical, like faithful, and then the uh, I guess they're all radical. Basically, the radical, <laughs> like unfaithful, the radical faithful, and the radical um, unfaithful. The the ones who who sort of believe in the prophecies that have been foretold, and the ones who believe in Fremen. They believe that like if we're gonna save, like no one's gonna save us, so we're gonna save ourselves. Type mm-hmm. of thing. It's like that younger generation coming up, and I like that he that Paul is able to see that and lead in a way where he has to, I mean, this is, this is in the books, but they, they do a good job at, at, at presenting it in the film. Um, where Paul realizes, Hey, I, if I'm going to like lead these people, I, I can't like demand that they follow me, even though it's technically his right, because he is the Duke of Iraq as he's, it's the Duke of that world. Uh, he chooses the, the narrow path, the, the pathway of being humble and being like, look, I'm just here to learn your ways. At, at first. At first. <laughs> right. At first. But notice that like the only time like he changes when he drinks the water of life. Yeah. He changes when his eyes are opened or his mind is open to the like, you know, centuries and centuries of of lives because if you haven't read the books the water of life i don't remember if they really clearly tell you what it is but it's essentially the mem- the lifetime memories of every uh reverend mother that has come before mm-hmm. and so that's what jessica his mother gets which is why she changes too she becomes like really serious and like pretty scary actually and she talking um, to that. She talking to that. And she baby. talking to that baby, which <laughs> the baby also has those memories. Yeah. So, which is why she's able to have these really sophisticated conversations. Well, then now Paul also has these memories as well, but he is something new. He is something that they, the Bene Gesserit, have been trying to like breed into existence. This, um, uh, I can't even remember what they call it. There's so many names. But yeah. It's called. Um, Quizas Hadarak. Yes, yes, the Quizas Hadarak, yeah. So they, uh, they've been trying to create this person, but they all assumed that it would be a woman. Um, and so the fact that it's a man is is a weird curveball for them. And yeah, Jessica put that whole thing in the play. Yeah, she did, and they were pretty mad at her about it. <laughs> they um, weren't happy. <laughs> weren't happy about it. But they, uh, But it makes it so that, like, you know, it sort of makes him a more believable character because he's not like the, you know, the groomed king, basically. He's like, he's more of a Christ figure in that way because he comes from a lowly birth, quote unquote. You know, he's not from low birth, but he does come from a low place uh, of just being someone who's in the desert, lost, and they find him and he has to sort of work oh, I his think way it, I think it's, the top, so. I mean, I think but, it works with both. Like even... Sure. Uh, like Christ was supposedly supposed to be descended from kings, uh, and like the genealogy in Matthew states that he directly was from the line of David, but he also uh, in Bethlehem they drove him and his family out, and they went to Egypt and then came out of Egypt mm-hmm. uh, from a like a lowly standpoint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I think he's doing both. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Paul's definitely Atreides, uh, but he's uh, so that's how he gets some of the stuff that he gets going. Yeah, like that's how he uh, like he wouldn't have been able to use the nukes if he wasn't Atreides. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had. Uh, he gets the perks. Surprise! Yeah, he gets all the perks of being Atreides, but he also played it correctly at, from a 
from a humble place yeah. to where he gets the non-believers and then the believers were kind of there the whole time just waiting for him to go here i am <laughs> yeah yeah and then but he does that it, the, even how he finally does that you're thinking he's gonna be like okay here i am guys follow me mm-hmm. and uh he's real mean about it <laughs> yeah well but it's it, but it's great yeah uh, it, it's sort of a, it gets to that point where he starts just demanding and yelling and shouting and yeah. it's I think part of me thinks that you're right. Maybe it is a bit heavy handed in the presentation, uh, in the performance, but I think it's to signify that change in him that, that Paul is no longer Paul. He's now somebody new mm-hmm. and he's, he's very, not, he's very not nice. He's very not <laughs> nice. Uh, but I think, I think he's still, he's sort of driven by this idea of like, okay, I, I see, all the pathways of the future now and now mm-hmm. i know best you know it changes him all the information changes him but the one thing that sort of keeps him grounded is going back to chani and saying that you know as long as i breathe i, w- I will love you mm-hmm. it's just that it's sort of that anchor of like look no matter who i become that part of me still exists yeah but it's also but like it's it's gonna be deep down there and you hey may not girl see watch it. this yeah yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, we can get into like some stuff that happens in, in Messiah, but uh, which I, you know, it's pretty obvious they're going to make up Dune Part 3, which is going to, I think, just be the entirety of Dune Messiah because Dune Messiah is a pretty short book. But um, yeah. Is it lots of battles? I want it to be lots of battles. There's battles. There's technically so good. no battles in the book. I would. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah it does that real cool skip forward yep. thing? yeah there there are battles they talk about them they do happen <laughs> just never on the page oh. they never happen like like the uh and I, there are definitely some things that they did out of order which is fine but I, i'm trying to remember but i i feel like uh like they're planning to go uh somewhere and then paul drinks the water of life and then he's like unconscious for like three to six weeks and misses all this stuff. Like the big thing that you're waiting for. You're like, Oh man, this is going to be so cool. And then he's like, peace. (laughs) And then (laughs) it comes back and it's already happened. So you're like, Oh man, his sister took over. (laughs) His sister took over. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting mixed up cause I, I read Messiah more recently, but I can't, I can't remember if his sister is born in Dune part one or if she's not born yet. I can't remember if she's always in the womb like the whole time, but it doesn't really matter. But it just I just couldn't remember the actual like uh, how they did that chronologically. But um, that was actually one of the things that I I loved about the movie was how they portrayed his sister in the film. I was really mm-hmm. curious to see how they were going to do it because it's such a weird part of the books, uh, and I I was like I don't how do they. Like, is it like some dream state where they, he sees his sister in some, you know, white expanse and it's like, you know, that type of thing or whatever. And I love the choice to just be like, no, it's a fetus. (laughs) (laughs) And it just looks like something from alien and, uh, it talks. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Just have Arden Taylor Joy do a voiceover on top of a alien looking fetus. Yeah. That's what we want. Um, (laughs) good choice. (laughs) Good choice. I do think it's pretty cool. Um, 
I think it'd be hilarious. Like she's uh, she's telling all her friends she's gonna be in the Dune new Dune movie. <laughs> she's on set for literally probably one day yeah. when they shot her in front of the ocean or whatever. And then, well, she'll be in a lot. That's in, a wrap. In the next movie. <laughs> she'll, like, be, she'll be there in a lot. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a big time jump. Um, no, there definitely is a big time jump after after Dune from Dune to. So Dune we're gonna have to wait so. for Timmy to age. How to many age? Years? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, he, can you imagine him thirty years from now? He's still gonna look like he's a still gonna look kid. like a child. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, Doom Messiah actually takes place. I don't remember how many years it is, but I do know that he has like conquered the like known galaxy, like like the known area. So, like three he, days, four days, a couple days <laughs> at least. Just a. a I mean, he had nukes. Just a Tuesday, uh. <laughs> <laughs> he had nukes. Well, uh, technically, everybody has nukes, but... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm most excited about uh, some characters that were in the first book that have not been in the movies yet, which are the Navigators, uh, which are these, like, fish people. They're, like, mm. humans that have sort of, like, made themselves into, like, fish people that live in tanks, and they have they use the spice to sort of like telepathically see pathways through the stars, like through the galaxy so that they can navigate the ships yeah. uh, around dangerous areas. Yeah. And in the, in the um, first movie they talk about, uh, they talk about the guild. Well, well, they talk about the guild and they talk about like uh, the price and spice it took for that ship to get here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's his name? Not Gurney, the Mintat, uh, Rolls oh, his yes. eyes and calculates it, yes, and you're yeah. like, "Really? Okay, that's <laughs> Thuf- a lot." Through fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, the the whole idea is that these these goobers and fish tanks are taking spice, getting prescience, mm-hmm. and then they they just know, and they know the pathways, and they know the right way as long as they continue taking the spice, mm-hmm. and they're the navigators of all these uh, interstellar ships and without spice there is no interstellar travel yeah uh so it's a or else yeah. you just you, you press the button you go boom pretty yeah. Much. <laughs> yeah but i'm excited because there's sh- there there is a there is a key character in messiah that is a navigator and um i just i just want to see their version of what a navigator <laughs> looks like because they're so weird and i love it so um it's He'll be in a he'll be in like a full uh fully <laughs> veiled costume where you can't see inside of it. No, it's like a You're glass like, oh, tank. Man. It's like a glass tank that moves around and so I, I um <laughs> Yeah. It's uh it's cool, but and the the costumes are so weird, but I they're know. so good. They are. Uh, I love like the all of them. the arena, those little like little impish what? looking things what? The, what with the horns yeah. i don't know but but they were making creepy sounds and i was like dude <laughs> like i know it's a person with a costume on but it's if that thing walked up to me yeah. like i would but freaking is run in that so wor- fast in the, like it, uh, in that world is that a person with a costume <laughs> <on>? <laughs> or, or or do they mutate some human to have That's horns like that it's very possible. I didn't think about that. They did have a, a human spider thing in the last movie, so maybe, maybe, most likely, actually. No. Yeah, even that was even that was like super creepy looking. Yeah, um, reminded me of a xenomorph from Aliens. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, but that's and they start like dancing around. You're like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and the theater ran is like, bah! and you're like, oh, like covering your ears. Like, yeah. Please stop. Please end this nightmare. It was a literal nightmare. <laughs> it was very loud. Uh, yeah, I was a little worried actually because the ads were like ear even louder. Yeah, we were just like like the trailers and stuff. I was like, oh man, I. I like loud movies, and I knew this was going to be a loud movie. But this is maybe like pushing it. And um, but the movie, the movie actually loud. was fine. It didn't bother me. Except it was just really funny though. Some parts, especially like the worm riding scene, um, which was freaking awesome, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. It was there was so much bass and so much like, like every seat in that room was just like oh, yeah. oh yeah. like the whole the, place the ceiling rumbling, tiles yeah. like everything in the theater is shaking <laughs> we're like oh my gosh like it's like it was know, like D -d 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 it's gotta come box. through the wall right now <laughs> D box yeah <laughs> we got the the poor man's D box it was just like turn the sub I had a, a uh, I had a drink. And uh, in the in the cup holder, it went. And it started, <laughs> I was like, "Good grief!" All I could think of during that time was like how it's gonna wreak havoc on my sound system at my house. And also, we have these like uh, thin glass, like thin panes of glass in the windows in our apartment, and uh, they rattle in already um, <laughs> in uh, Dune Part One. So they're gonna probably break during Dune Part Two. <laughs> Um, You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love this movie. <laughs> your uh, your landlord does a no dude two clause no. <laughs> in his contract. It probably just have to be like no no um, Denis films uh, <laughs> from Blade Runner twenty forty nine and on. onward <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something else, but. Uh, okay, so any other like nitpicks before we move on to some just no? Just my, I, gushing the only about, nitpick like, was uh, the the Austin Butler thing. Okay, like, I have one. If you're really selling, this is the best guy. Let's let's do it. Guy, but yeah. I don't know. I felt like in the book too, it wasn't really. That's actually been something I've seen a a, a lot of recently, just in the last couple of days of of looking at how people have reacted to the film. A lot of their complaints were just things that happened in the book. Like that's just because it's how it has happened. And it's like, I can't believe girl yeah, right? showed up. No, again. <laughs> no but, but it was just like little things that people were like, I don't know. I didn't really care for this. And I'm like, yeah, I know I didn't either. It was in the book, but that's, that's what they, you know? And I told a friend, I said, I actually think that the movie, both films are at their weakest when, when they're, they're the most the faithful yeah. to the book. Uh, and I look, I'm going to get catch a lot of heat from Dune fans, like book fans for that. But like, well, I mean, it's, it's not, just it's, not, it's not the best book. It's, it's not, not, it's really not for me. It's just not for me. And so, Hey, look, I, I'm up at, come in the comments and hate it. It's not, the <laughs> be, it's not the best book. Uh, I'm not saying you can't like it. It's just, it's not the, it's, it's not the best. It book. does. It is. It's good, and it definitely inspired uh, uh, um, many generations of sci-fi to come. And, a, and oh my God, two great films <laughs> and two really good movies. Um, that's the thing is, I I think that these movies were made for uh, people like me who like really want to love Dune, the books. Yeah, uh, but just it just for some reason it Dead just doesn't quiet. connect. Yeah, uh, but these movies, they you know even Denis was talking about in that interview that i watched how he had to 
to create ways to visualize things that the book did not uh, just like sort of convey well visually. And so that obviously comes down to like things like stuff the book just doesn't show like certain battles. Uh, the whole climactic battle at the end is not in the book. It just sort of like, you know, they're getting there and then it sort of like cuts to the throne room. And you know they won. Yeah, they, you know they won. That's basically, that's basically it. So getting to see little my, like minute details of the battle is really fun. It's, it's spectacle and entertainment, but like I think it's still helpful, you know. Um, I also love the idea that Paul's, Paul is like charging out in front and the nukes go off and he's like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, a little too close, bud. <laughs> a little too close. <laughs> a little too close. Um, you might want to back up. You might want to back. You want. You might want to back. You might want to run. Run now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and don't get me wrong. It was like the coolest shot in the world. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, the only nitpick that I have really is uh, with the music. So I thought there was a lot of good music in this. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I thought that it was. Uh, it was a little bit redundant in that it, there were a few new themes, and I haven't gone and listened to the whole score like on its own, but I just remember there were so many really cool and inventive pieces from the first film that I was expecting more of like that inventiveness, uh, as well as some, you know, uh, you know, some of those same themes coming back through. And we got a lot of those same themes coming in, uh, which are great and I love them. But there was less on the inventiveness side. And uh, I just, I don't know, it kind of felt a little phoned in on Hans Zimmer's part. Uh, and I, it's fine. Like, it's, the score is good. It's not a bad score. It's just, I kind of was hoping for it to be as grand as, like, what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it was, and but more often it was not. And the first film, though, I felt like the score was, like, just banger after banger like the whole time and uh yeah so i don't know it'll be interesting to see you know because they put a ton of work into that first part uh it'll be interesting to see how much inventiveness there was uh on um on the technical side of things from from a visual standpoint from an audio standpoint from music standpoint i'll be interested to see all that stuff but yeah. Uh, I mean, but the real the real thing I could I could forgive all that and it'd be no. Yeah, I was gonna deal. say to, I, me, I, I to me it did the exact thing a soundtrack should is just it I don't remember any of it oh, but I felt but it made me feel the things gotcha. in the moment yeah uh, well there was one cue and I've talked to you about this already but I so something Hans Zimmer is is his sort of I don't know if he's famous for it but it's something I notice in his work and whenever he's whenever somebody that's sort of like an underling of his or like somebody on his team. Uh, is working on a film, uh, you'll see reused cues. So mm, certain yeah, themes yeah. will get reused. They'll get tweaked a little bit. Uh, reused uh, in different movies uh, is what I'm trying to say. So, for example, uh, the opening... So Hans Zimmer does Gladiator. Okay, There's an opening battle scene in Gladiator. It's got music there. Uh, that is a key theme in... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first film. The the barbarian fight. The yeah, tonight the, we barbar dine in the hell barbarian fight. Yep. Fight. Um, tonight we dine in hell. That's that's three hundred. <laughs> Is it really? No, 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 no. Back up. No way. No, it's something like that. I swear he says something like that. 
It, I, he says, uh, I honestly don't even remember. I haven't seen Gladiator in so long. Oh, he says something like that. I mean, of oh, course, come on. It's a, he gives a speech, so he's going to say oh, something Oh, come like on. That. No. Is that really 300? Okay, Tonight that's 300. Tonight we dine in hell. I'm no. pretty sure that's 300. <gasps> okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> I swear he says something. I swear Maximus says something like that. Look, I'll eat my own shorts. Look it up. Look it up while I'm telling, <laughs> we'll while I'm telling this story. We'll do it for the... We'll talk about it in the intro. <laughs> uh, no, don't talk about it in the intro. Look it up now while, I, while I'm talking about this. Um, I mean, that might take forever. We, well, you don't have to watch the clip, but just like... <laughs> <laughs> just pull up the script. <laughs> just pull up the script. You know, you have it, right? Um, so we... Yeah, so he, that theme gets reused in Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, you might be like, well... Hans Zimmer didn't do Pirates of the Caribbean. He did the second and third film. He didn't do the first one, but I'm pretty sure he was connected to the first film because I think the person who did it was like someone who worked within his like circle. Like I, I don't quite know how, from my understanding, Hans Zimmer's whole business setup is that he is like the head of it, but he has a lot of other composers who work for him, but he will like, uh, for better or for worse, take the credit for a lot of stuff. But every once in a while, they they get to go off and make their own movies, you know. And so one of his guys gets to make uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, and then they realize, oh no, this is actually popular. So then Hans Zimmer is now on the credits for the rest of the movies. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, okay, I see what's going on here. Uh, uh, that's all me piecing that together. That may not all be true, but it, it's weird because it's just like, yeah, that's definitely a theme from from Gladiator that you're now using a little bit altered in Pirates, <laughs> in Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, so he does this. He's done it a few times now uh, with music like that. And uh, they do it in Dune, part two. And there is, um, there are, I haven't noticed this, but a friend pointed it, uh, told me about it. There's actually, there are several uh, themes that are very similar to stuff from Blade Runner 2049. Um, more subtle, I think. But... There's one theme, and this is in the big final battle scene. It's when uh, when the Fremen are all sort of um, pouring over the top of the dune and just running towards the Emperor's um, little pyramid camp thing. And as they're charging forward, you hear this theme that's just dun 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 and it is almost identical to a theme from the dark Knight rises <laughs> that, it, and the biggest difference is that the dark Knight rises does the exact same thing, but it has like a chorus of like thousands of voices yeah. all together. And so it's like, I can't repeat it here. Cause it's just like a, a bunch of chanting. Well, if we did, we would get, we just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'd get copyrighted. Um, we, <laughs> so it's like these voices all chanting this thing, but to that, you know, that beat or melody and uh, they, those are removed and it's just, you know, instrumentation in Dune part two. But I remember them charging over the top and then to me just be like, <laughs> what the heck? This is the Dark Knight Rises music. Where's the Batmobile? Like, Hans Zimmer, like, <laughs> dude, like, yeah. what were you doing? Yeah. Like, what Randy, other movie said were you working on Hans that Zimmer like you were kind of like, uh, just, just use something we've used before. <laughs> I don't know. Let me just pull this back out. Like, I get it. Like, there's, you know, we talked a little bit about how previously, how... Hey, like Michael John Bay does William, it. With John, Michael Bay does it. Yeah. John, John Williams' music does sound very similar. You look at, like, Indiana Jones and, and uh, the Superman theme and things like, examples like that. Like, there's very, a lot of similarities in there. 
And you could probably weave back and forth between those scores and you would think that it was all just the same score. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about like John Williams that's just like, it's endearing when you when you hear <laughs> things, you know, call out or, or like similar things because it's, honestly, it's probably just comes down to they're both human beings that like, while very creative, are not an infinite pool of like, you know, music <laughs> they're gonna all sound their music is gonna sound a certain way and they're gonna lean towards certain sounds and certain instruments and certain combinations of things and that's fine but for some reason with Hans Zimmer it feels like it only happens because he's like I don't want to spend time <laughs> because he's being lazy <laughs> yeah because he's being lazy and look I'm not like maybe he's not Maybe he just loved that theme and he was like, nobody liked Dark Knight Rises. I need to use this theme again. That could also be the case. I don't know. But uh, it just, yeah, it just was very weird that it just immediately took me out of the moment when I'm just like, <laughs> why is the music from Batman Ra- playing Randy right seriously now? turned around. He was like, where's the Batmobile guy? <laughs> I, I did not say that. But, yeah. Um, All right, you want to hear how wrong I was? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, God. Jeremiah being wrong. Mark this one down. <laughs> God, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's similar in the faintest of possible ways. Uh, and not only that, but I was like, what do you want me to pull the script up? Like, that's going to be done in two seconds. I had it in two seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just this whole thing. It's not my night. Uh, I'm just completely wrong. Uh Basically, it's brothers. Three weeks from now, I'll be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be. It will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourself alone, riding in fields, riding in green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled. You are an Elysium, and you're already dead. That's right. Ah. <laughs> brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. That's it. That's the line. Yep. Yeah, that's that's it. man. Tonight we dine in hell. What we thing. do in life echoes into eternity. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's not what I who I am <laughs> that define. It's it's not the mass that defines me. It's what I what I do. Like, see, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I just remember. I it's am just vengeance. one of those. Insp- I'm vengeance. Hello, hey, Mr. Vengeance. vengeance. What's up, vengeance? <laughs> um, hey, vengeance. For whatever reason, we've come back to Batman quite a bit in this. Even when we saw it in the theaters, we yeah. kept making jokes that Ben Affleck was going to make a cameo. <laughs> For some reason, I don't remember why that came up, but was, we kept talking about it. He was the worm. The- <laughs> he was the worm. <laughs> he was wearing a worm suit. Yeah. Um, it always just comes back to me being so shocked that uh, Colin Farrell was the penguin <laughs> in the Batman and just being blown, like my mind blown that happened. <laughs> and then it happened again when I saw the boy and the heron and then we got to the credits and I was like, um, Oh God. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> the main guy from, uh, from the, the Batman, Batman in the Batman, Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. I saw and I was like, what the heck? The heron was Robert Pattinson. I was like, <laughs> why, why was, and I found out later that they, they cast uh they t- <laughs> they originally had Danny DeVito <laughs> in that role and uh he was busy being a duck no they they were like the the it's like a whole thing you should actually read about the the um the dub of this movie cuz apparently it's like a big a big deal and they worked very closely with Studio Ghibli about you know who they should cast and what they should do and no Studio Ghibli didn't really like micromanage 
it didn't seem, but there were a couple things that they were like very particular about. And so they were like, all right, yeah, this Heron. Yeah. We think, uh, Dana DeVito would be great for this. And they're right. But <laughs> Studio Ghibli's like, what? No, no, we, we, uh, we actually have a like pop star, uh, like a really good looking young male pop star mm-hmm. playing that role in the Japanese version. And they're like, Justin. Uh, okay. So <laughs> they, they're like, sure. Okay. That's not what we were thinking, but so then it ends up, they're just like, all right, who's good looking and, and a good actor. And then like Robert Pattinson. Okay. Somebody so, was, a, but the movie, somebody was just, an Edward fan. It just ends up right. Yeah. It just ends up being Robert Pattinson doing a really good Danny DeVito. <laughs> like, like, he's still this like gross creature. This hair and is like this little gross little thing. And it's like, it would be so weird if it was just Robert Pattinson's voice. Like it'd be very weird. And so, yeah, it was just funny. It was another shocking moment of like, what the heck? But uh, yeah, there you go. for those of you that don't know, uh, Randy saw the Batman, and some of you might not know uh, the Penguin in that movie. <laughs> that's Colin Farrell. <laughs> We made it all the way to the end credits, and Randy like yells at the top of his lungs, "Oh, it's Colin Farrell!" <laughs> it was one of the funniest things in the world. Yep, very surprised. <laughs> very excited to see who this new actor was that I had never seen before. <laughs> in my mind, you like stand up and you like do like a. A, a fainting woman and you're like that was Colin Farrell and like you fall back in your seat <laughs> my stars uh so what are what are three things that uh that you loved about it how huge everything was and like how like especially the, where they're taking down the the spice uh harvesters like those were crazy huge battle blowy up scenes and just how they like how they fight like gorilla style where they're like running under it and around it and like hiding behind the legs just thinking that whole thing out and then us seeing it was so cool and i'm also like a, a super sucker for like one takes and uh i'm gonna add one thing to that list i'm a sucker for uh, a character running in the foreground and in the background, the thing exploding. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. they, they do that like two or three times in this. And it's like, yep. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but they're, yeah, they're just like running from point A to point B. And then, and then the thing like falls and it's like, boom, and you're like, whoa. Uh, I, I still don't know how they did the, the Fremen jumping out of the sand. It had to have all been CGI. I don't know. Uh, but they like jump out and then it like does like a beautiful like trail behind each one. It's like mm-hmm. as they're running forward. It's it's so stylized. It's so cool. Uh, and even, even the Fremen, uh, like their normal garb in the wind and they're just like standing on a dune. And there's like, and it's like flapping behind them. It's like the coolest shot ever. <laughs> He does it. He does it like a thousand times. And I never get sick of it. And it's like, that's so cool. Especially when it's Paul. I don't know why it's cooler when it's Paul. It just is. Uh, he's just standing there. 
and like his his, his breeze and it's flapping behind him. You're like, yeah, I'm watching Dune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was three things or not, but yeah. Uh, oh, this movie's so good. And I, I just watched the uh, the first one the night before. And I don't know. I think I like this one more. I mean, I mean just because more stuff blows up and it's more action-packed too, but mm-hmm. oh, it's great. And And like every time Paul talks, like something's happening. He's like yelling at his mom, and he's like, "Shut up, mom!" And you're like, "That's mean!" And he like uses the voice on, he uses the voice on the Benny Gesserit yeah. mother, and she's like, oh! and you're like, "Yeah, get him!" <laughs> Suck it, old lady. You hurt his hand in the first one. You hurt his hand. You yeah. hurt his hand. I re- I really, really wish we would have seen the Gamjabar uh, on Austin Butler's character, though. Yeah, I don't. So that. I don't remember that being in the book at all. Um, but it may just be implied or maybe I just am, I don't know, maybe I tuned out, who knows. But I don't remember that being in the book. Now, some of that's changed. Uh, the Baroness is actually two characters. It's the Baron and the, his uh, his um, Bene Gesserit witch um, that are at the games and they're there with the Baron talking or they're watching everything and they're having a conversation together about stuff. And so it's, it's them sort of conspiring and conniving. And she is uh, like, it's clear that she's there to like make sure that the bloodline is secure type thing. But it's they the movie just consult like condenses that down into just her as the character instead of the both of them. Mm. But um which is fine. So there's no reason to have both necessarily because they don't really play an important role beyond that moment. So <laughs> why pay two actors? <laughs> well, it's work? a lot of. I mean, it's like in movies. It's just yeah. Simple, you want to you consolidate know? for the like, screen anyway. Like even Chani. Like I, Chani is my favorite part of this whole movie. Just her character is so good. She's such a great foil to Paul. Uh, that you know she Chani's story is very similar in the books, but there are more characters that question Paul, uh, that are not present in the book, in the movie. And Chani sort of embodies those characters Mm. in a very clear way. So it's easy for the audience to like, we get it. She's coming up. She has some very good points, but the fact that they gave her that purpose in the film is really beautiful. I, I mentioned to you on the ride back from the movie that it, their relationship feels like, what a maybe like what a healthy marriage is supposed to feel like they mm-hmm. you know she challenges paul um she doesn't deal with his she doesn't take his bull crap like she questions uh his decisions but not in a way that's like demeaning yeah, to him and only privately <laughs> and only privately she never embarrasses him in public like no. at least not initially she's kind of like with her friends you know but, yeah, i mean that's the flirty but stage that's, yeah, yeah. But like she always like she doesn't do it to put him down. She she does it to make him better. And then she like every almost every conversation they have like is like her reassuring him of something at the towards the end. You know, there's just like and, that and very like, close. Yeah, bond like calling him away from just something more. Yeah. yeah, and then but then in front of her tribe, in front of her friends, who then make fun of him at that point. She's like, like shut up, shut yeah. your mouth. 
she comes to his defense very quickly. Uh, even if it's like, even if they're saying things that like <laughs> that she, she just said, said yeah. to him, <laughs> it's like, she's like, you don't get to talk to him that way. You know, but it's, it's just, that's, you can see that's like my brother. Only I could call how, him dumb. <laughs> right. Yeah. She, she does not have this like religious faith uh, in Paul, uh, but she is like very faithful to him. Yeah. But even at that point, it's, it's he, but even he is saying he doesn't, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know at that point if she's buying into what he's saying or if like that's truly what her belief is or he's just telling her that or like all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I mean, even that is super interesting to dive into a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like what is Paul thinking before he knows everything after the water of life? It, like, is he playing her or is he telling the truth there? I don't it think seems It seems in the movie like he's telling the truth, yeah. but it's also kind of exactly what she needs to hear to keep it going. I think I think Paul is pretty honest with her. Until, I think, until he drinks the... Well, even when he drinks the water of life, I think he's, oh, he's still, still honest with her. I think he's still okay. honest with her. I think he's playing a part uh, with everybody else, else uh, especially after that point. Even, even in the moments where, like... It's hard to tell because early on, there's a scene where he has a conversation. It's like right when they get to the siege. I think it's like after. It's like I would have early never on. remembered that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's he's talking to his mother, and he's like, "Looks like your Bene Gesserit, like you know, yeah, ploys or whatever, like sunken deep here. Like everybody believes that I'm the Messiah, you know." And he says something about how like they're gonna have to like rethink their plan to do stuff and you're like oh that's interesting like you're like you're not innocent in the sense of like oh i am not the hero like you don't want to be the messiah but you also see the advantages of it and so there is yeah, at a, that point is a, he just being a tradies and wanting revenge a little bit a little or? bit but i think there is a duality to him that is like yes he is having to like fight back and forth between like the paul that he he was before everything went down. Yeah. And then the Paul that now he is like seeing himself become because and, and every leads, time he sees the future, he yeah. like freaks out. Like, you know, he can't, and then when it leads to this one step, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, fine. I'm definitely not going South. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're going South, but he's like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But I think he, he sees it as like, He's sort of his hand is being forced, yeah, and he knows that like if I don't do this, then the Fremen are all going to get wiped out. But if I do this, I am going to be the one wiping out everybody else. Um, and so like something that will probably be made trying to get to that point, and like hoping it changes along the way, or like maybe trying to consolidate power and not have the billions die on the back end. He might. I I think there might be a part of him that thinks it's possible that he can control it. But I think, uh, you know, even Paul says like, you know, um, like Gurney's like, Oh, you see the future and everything, all these, all this death is because you lose control. And Paul's like, no, like there's all this death because I gain control. And it's sort of a, a like ring of power situation where, you know, like, you know, Gan, uh, Gandalf is, he says, like, look, I would want to, like, do good with it, but through me, it would be something more evil. Oh, uh, yeah, like, and, I would be, I would try to rule 
justly, but it, mm-hmm. it would just mess me up. Yeah. And I, I think there's a certain, I think that's sort of what's happening here is that, uh, power corrupts. Yeah, basically. Um, but even with like, you know, the, the one of the, I think it's the last line of the film, maybe his mother saying, and like, and so the Holy war begins and it's basically, it's true. Like the Messiah begins with like post like crusade, like his, his Fremen people have gone across the galaxy and killed millions and billions of people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh dang. Like, okay. I thought we were just trying to get Arrakis, but like, <laughs> I guess we're, I guess we're going after I everybody. Mean, once you got a foothold. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, I mean that, that third part of this is just going to be a conversation, you know, not a conversation, but it's going to be the, the big question is just like, was Paul right to do what he did? Was it better that he, he like took power or was there another route or, you know, and there's going to be plenty of characters who question his choices and plenty of characters who support his choices. And it'll be really interesting to see. There's a little bit more intrigue, uh, less, less big battles, although there are some battles, but uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they, how they, how they do it. But yeah. Well, yeah. I'm also curious to see, there's a lot of weird stuff that comes up in, yeah. in Messiah that I think is really cool, and I hope that they lean into it as much as they can. Uh, plus, Florence Pugh's got like a big role in it, so I, I or like her character does, which I'm excited to see her. As oh, she's got a big role in it. Then we already know how the movie plays out. Wow. Uh, she has something terrible that happens to her, and then she is <laughs> surrounded by strangers who then become her found family. I mean, and, that already happened, right? Big, this and there's just a big, happened at the end of and this And there's movie? a big crying scene at one point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. She's the, she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I, a couple things I really liked about this movie. I loved the worm riding scene. I thought it was way more intense than it, it was just way more intense than I had anticipated it to be. Yeah. I think when you see the people riding the worms at the end of part one, you're like, Oh, they're controlling them. Well, no, I knew that that was going to happen because I've read the book, but it just was like, I, I don't know. Something about it just seemed like, uh, it's not that it looked bad. It just didn't, the scale wasn't there when you see them from afar, you just see them like water skiing on the back of a, you know, worm. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. And I remember thinking, you know, when, uh, um, I don't remember the character's name, but in the first film, uh, Oh, Liet Kynes, uh, when she is about to ride a worm, but then she gets killed. It's like, Oh man, like you really, you're like hoping that that's going to, you know, they're going to, we're going to see it happen, you know, but then we don't, you know? And so when the lead up to like Paul riding the worm is just so good. And like the actual, the whole experience of like, they sort of shoot it similar to like how Christopher Nolan shoots a lot of stuff where the camera's like right there, like, you know, stuck to the side of the worm. Like it's like, so we're getting all the sand in our face. Like we're all the wind, everything. Like we see the like skin flaps peel open, which I love. And I don't know if you like, figured this out y'all have to like but like those 
because uh, the movie doesn't explain it. No character is like, you got to do this because this is how this works. With like a lot of movies would just be like, well, in order to ride a worm, you, you know, the only reason why the worm doesn't go back underground is because you have peeled back its skin. Yeah. And, and now if it goes yeah. underground, it's going to get like sand like in there and stuff. And, and so like, that's part of the reason why the worms stay above the ground. And I felt like visually they made that very obvious without having to actually spell it out for you. And I was like, that's so good. And I don't know. I just loved all the, the puppetry <laughs> going on there and the fact that the worm was freaking massive and that it was, I don't know. It just looked like he was struggling and yet, when he over so when he overcomes it and completes it, it was very rewarding. As really well done scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of those scenes that I really appreciated how loud it was in the theater. <laughs> so because yeah. it just it was like yeah it would be this loud like if you were trying to do this it's just chaos. So again, we were in the loudest theater. Oh, kind of, yeah, during the commercials, it was like unbelievably loud. I put in my AirPods and then pulled a, uh, what do you call them? A beanie over my ears and that. And then put my, I had a hood on and I, a hoodie and I put the hood on and I buckled it down. And, and it was normal theater loud. <laughs> and I was like, Randy's going to die. <laughs> but I only have one set of AirPods. <laughs> I'm going to start bringing this to every movie in case they do that. It was, it was pretty good. Nice. Well. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, I think that's it. That was a, that was a great episode, if I do say it's so. It's a great so. episode of the podcast and of Dune. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Dune. Dune episode two. Uh, Yeah. It's great. I do you think it's pretty obvious that they're going to make a, th a third part, or at least that's the plan. Do you think they keep going? I don't know. Uh, I have not read Beyond Messiah, so I know that it gets, it gets even weird. weirder. So I don't know like how how much they think that it'll be like marketable to a wider audience, um, because in yeah, I, I don't. don't think, I don't, I don't know. Think, so I honestly curious. don't think he will. So you think he'll finish, and then like if they're going to make another Dune, they pass it off to somebody else. Yes, I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even him doing three of the same in a row is is Big weird. Deal. Yeah, it's it's odd for him. Yeah. But you know one thing that I really loved is that this movie felt like its own thing. It didn't just feel like it picks up right where we left off in the last movie, but and it is a sequel, but it feels like its own movie. Like even even some of like the like the way they shot it is not exactly the same way that they shot the first one. There's so many new things that they're trying and new things that they're doing. There's a lot more action, so there's a lot more fun that they can have with the camera. A little yeah. bit, you know? But one of my favorite shots in the whole thing was when him and uh, when Paul and Chani are just sitting at the top of the dune and they're talking about Caladan. 
his oh, home world. Yeah, and he's talking nice. about how like he's like, you see all this, like like that would all be water. Like that's the ocean. <laughs> She's like And the camera you like liar. The camera just like <laughs> sits like it has them framed like in like sort of like the top third and then it sort of starts to, to like I can't remember if it's like moving up, if it's like booming up and then we're just revealing what they're seeing. I think it's what it is. It's like booming up and we're see- revealing the vast you know sea of sand uh in front of them yeah. and then the sound of like wind which is very reminiscent of like wind at the ocean like comes in and it's just like this beautiful shot combined <laughs> with this like beautiful movement of the camera that like takes it makes us feel like we're imagining with them like these oceans and it's like i loved it i loved it yeah and then, and then she breaks out of it and goes you're lying yeah <laughs> That doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it it does, but I can see where you would think that. Yeah. Also, the fact that this movie had humor was great. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that is humorous where they're playing mm-hmm. off of. Or Stilgar yeah. is just. I mean, just like in normal life when you're learning things about a new group of people, you're always like, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I mean, it's always funny. Uh but yeah, Stilgar especially in this one. <laughs> it's like, there's like 80 jokes in a row I where know. he's just like, <laughs> but oops, got him. Yeah. Watch this next one, boys. And you're like, all right, Stilgar. <laughs> and I, for one, uh, his best joke in the first one was spitting on the table, which was clearly <laughs> meant to be humorous. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's good to be back. Let's do it again soon. I mean, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.